Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with your mama and fans of yo mama. Let's go. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. What about you? How's your week, bruh? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, uh, big news. Finally went from being an Android boy to an iPhone boy, so I know... Uh, your texts are blue now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of hate that cultural narrative of that mattering. I love it. I just have a strong preference for the color blue. I know I would say that as somebody who'd had an Android, although I did have an iPhone before that. I really went through, like, a iPhone until, like, 2016, and then... Between... I thought you had a jitterbug originally. We're able to FaceTime now. Yeah, I'm able to FaceTime now, so... Paul expects me to be, like, clothed and ready to be presentable at all times now for his calls. Yeah, yeah. Previously, I would just bother Adrian, and he would take the call from the toilet or wherever. Now, now Adrian has to uh, see my face every time we talk, which I assume mm -hmm. is a quality of life increase for him. Yeah, no, I will cite it in the in the legal suit whenever you switch back to Android at my standard of living dropping. That's going to be one of the things that I put in there. That and getting green ass texts from one of my like, um, I don't know if you know this, Paul, but on iPhones, you can set like your top three texters or whatever. And you're one of them. And if one of my top three texters goes back to being green, I'm going to have a fucking meltdown. It's <laughs> a goddamn apothecary in Adrian's room. He's just mixing liquids. He's pouring. He's mixing. <laughs> I'm measuring in drams. It's it's crazy up in here, bro. I got a fucking mortar and pestle. You know what's interesting? I I really don't know a lot about this. I should have at least Googled it, but I heard somebody say the phrase alchemy is is popular with Zoomers again. Which <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> is awesome considering yeah. we one hundred percent understand how atomic structures work nowadays. And we understand how you can legitimately turn one element into another. But the idea that yeah, yeah. they would just go backwards and like try to be doing it by mixing liquids in a beaker or something. <laughs> <laughs> when we understand very clearly like the mechanisms at play and the limitations. Yeah, I gotta get on Alchemy Talk. That sounds dope. <laughs> it's a field that's been completely demystified and understood. It's just to go backwards to the root. If, if Gen Z gets really into <laughs> phrenology... <laughs> Also, a uh, shout out to uh, sometimes listener Adam, who's uh, working in chemistry. I want to know what he thinks about uh, all these people butting up against his uh, field, all this new competition. Oof. That's true. That's true. Those kids are gunning for his job. Mm -hmm. If they figure out alchemy, chemists are out of a job. Turns out y'all are lying to us. I haven't seen the evidence of like the weak and strong nuclear force and probability orbitals of an electron around an atom. You know, I, I mean... I haven't, I haven't poured through the data myself. It could all be a lie. It could all be a you conspiracy. Know, that's the thing about science, Paul, is it's just as much a faith as religion is. That's so true. A lot of people don't talk about that. Not enough people talk about that. Not enough people talk about that. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of going to assume that based on what I know from left-wing rhetoric and left-wing TikTok, my disbelief in certain things like astrology or crystals is rooted in homophobia. Mm -hmm, that is true. Uh, First and foremost. Overemphasizing Western knowledge. Yep, you do do that. Sexism for sure. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen you do some sexism. And that's why I don't believe in those things. So 
That kind of, I don't know. I see it. But tarot is real, 100%. How often do we need to check in on our tarot fortune from that one episode? I don't even remember it. I think it was that, uh, I'm gonna... I think I'm it was gonna... all just generally positive. <laughs> yeah. I did it for my friend Becca when I saw her, and it came out completely wrong. Grim. Think... No, not oh. even grim. It just came out, like, inaccurate seeming. I was like, oh boy, turns out I'm not magical. <laughs> okay, this one says you're gonna impregnate your partner. <laughs> Uh, this one says you're going to die in seven days. <laughs> what are we on about? What are we talking about? So this week we're talking about moms. Mothers. Madres. Mas. Mamas. Mamacitas. Thank you for being culturally inclusive with that list. That's all I got. Yeah, so we've done an episode on parenting. And now we're doing an episode on uh, on moms, which is, you know, that's 50% of parenting. In, in, a, in a traditional heteronormative framework, Paul. Oh, that's actually so true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Wow. That's what I thought your follow-up was going to be, was <laughs> acknowledging that. Well, honestly, I totally missed you mentioning the heteronormative thing, and I thought you were calling me out for not being inclusive of polyamorous people, but I realized there was a more fundamental non-inclusivity in what I said, which was the heteronormative. I think there was all kinds of non-inclusivity in there. Single right. parents. Oh, gosh. Um, LGBT parents, group parents, polyamorous parents. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't think about any of that. God, where, what is, what is going on with me? It's like you're relying on your own experience too much, bruh. <laughs> it's like I forgot to check my privilege before we started. Yeah, usually we start every episode by making sure that we checked our privilege at the door, but I guess we <laughs> forgot this time. <laughs> and we, we put on our fun cap and our thinking cap. We check our privilege at the door. We clock in, but that that's not metaphorical. I actually sent Adrian a little machine to clock in with. <laughs> Paul makes a dollar, I make a dime. <laughs> that's very true. I pay us both, even though it's all my money, but just so I can pay myself <laughs> more so Adrian understands he's worth less. <laughs> um, anyways, so besides, anyways, uh, going away from our pre-show routine. Um, yeah, so, so motherhood, parenting as a mother, being a... Uh, a maternal figure these are all ideas that we're going to try and tackle today that we're experts on so how many mothers did you have adrian and now i know the answer to this question but i'm asking for the audience i had one mother it's like that rayman bit where all the toothpicks drop and he counts them right away but for your one mother <laughs> there was a while where my mom was jealous of how much i liked uh ben's mom but um <laughs> She was, but she was like some Betty Crocker ass motherfucking, like, like, you know, she wasn't like my mom where like my mom was working two jobs and like doing stuff for me or whatever. She was what? like, literally, she just like baked cookies all day. And that's the other thing is she was so much older too. It, it was very like grandma-ish too. Like she just had real strong, like grandma Southern energy. And she was like a bunch of fun. Cause like she had no worries in the world. She just like kept the house sort of clean all day and then fucking hung out. <laughs> Well, what does what does a lady that religious do with their hanging out? I think out? she would she would like vol oh I don't know about um, hanging out but she would do that thing where she would like volunteer to like help with the kids at the church every now and then but that okay. was literally it yeah but yeah there were like these like cherry chocolate muffins that she used to make that I really liked and my mom didn't like how much I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never had an experience with this like um like your mom. Legitimately well, I can see your mom not caring. I think your mom would be like, eh, Paul's love is very. It's very finite, but I've got enough of it. I don't need any more. <laughs> if he's showing more emotional availability, even if it's not with me, I think that's good for him overall. God damn, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know. It's one of those things where I was too young to know. Like, my brother would know if I asked him whether or not my mom was being more jokey with that energy or being more serious with that energy. But gotcha. I always thought it was jokey as a kid. 
Um, but no, yeah, for me, the one mom I consider is uh, my mom mom. Whereas my mom is like technically like a parent to like six or seven or whatever, eight kids because she's like is a very integrated part of other families or whatever. But Oh, really? Yeah, which is good because if we're going to like list out, um, I thought about bringing an article about like a parent who has favorites. Um, and when you add out like the extra eight kids or whatever, then I'm pretty high up on the list. But if you just keep it with the, with the biological three... <laughs> I'm not looking too good. <laughs> really? My parents also have, my parents very clearly have favorites and my mom was very like openly tell us and it would change. So you really had to, <laughs> you really had to keep on your toes. Yeah. Wait, that just seems on. manipulative. That just seems like, <laughs> Paul, your, uh, your room's a little dirty today. <laughs> no, because it, it's more like it would be for like long periods of time based on who she was interacting with the most but you could just tell when you were the favorite paul i know it's your birthday but i made george a cake <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like legitimately done stuff like that before like <laughs> like my mom shows love through like cooking a lot of the times but right. it'll be like something where like where one of us will like go to eat something from the fridge and she'll tell us to stop no she made it for the other kid <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome <laughs> And it wasn't like, you know, don't eat that. Paul's got a big marathon tomorrow. He needs that pasta carbonara. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I would be second or third. Certainly not first. Oh, dang. For my mom. And like I said, th th they will, my mom happily tells us, like, and she won't ever mention it, but when you ask, she'll tell us. And it usually comes with, like, a little bit of reluctance and then, like, a pretty quick caving. Okay. <laughs> no, don't make me. <laughs> like Rachel being asked to say a racial slur. <laughs> Stop. Don't. <laughs> don't make me say anything about Guatemalans. <laughs> no, it's tight. It's tight. Wait, was there something I was supposed to... Oh, you're right. You asked me the very simple question of how many moms I had, and I went on, like, a 20-minute rant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I, I don't know about my brother. But, Paul, what about you? How many, how many moms do you have? Well um how many moms oh you know just the one yeah yeah, yeah. nice no cap i was raised by uh, a dad who doesn't believe in evolution and a mom who doesn't believe in uh medicine so <laughs> <laughs> or she doesn't believe she's not that she doesn't believe in medicine she just thinks that all doctors are crooks and she has a really strong uh affinity towards like not a alternative medicines that's pretty cool the number of times that she, when we would like find out how many uh cavities orally had and she was like they're crooks they just want more money for us to fill cavities oh, that aren't that's not a conspiracy your mom is right you know how many scandals there are all the time about dentists lying about the number of cavities people have that's just is like that a true? very real common scam in america <laughs> she's got good instincts man that's the thing about my mom she is uh, intelligent dude i remember being terrified watching a local news story as a kid or like might have been a 60 minute thing but it was like a investigative report on this national uh this national chain of uh dentist children's dentistry places called smiles and they were like colluding on lying about how many cavities children had saving money on not using enough uh on not using enough uh like novocaine or uh, numbing agents mm -hmm. and strapping children down during their unneeded procedures they were forcing them to get too quickly so it was causing pain and uh, and I, I hadn't ever More been scared know. of the dentist before that, but after that, yeah. Yeah, I've never been afraid of the dentist either. I wasn't really after that, but I was like a little bit on the watch. I was like, to make sure my dentist isn't crooked. You were suspicious, yeah, for sure. You're like, I'm going to get a second opinion on that doc before <laughs> you do that fluoride. <laughs> um, oh, well, you want me to floss? Uh, I'll ask around. <laughs> I'll get a couple opinions on that I'll get one. a couple opinions on that. Um, 
Let me see if I can get some out of network. That is to see what they have to say. I like how you pitched that as your mom being like irrational and not trusting Western medicine. And it's just like, she was- well, I mean, I think that's the most funny. That's the most funny example because that's the one where she's really up in arms. Because all the other ones are really boring stuff. Like, you know, when Adrian gets diagnosed as diabetic, I'm going to take him to a regular doctor. But I'm also going to schedule him to see this person that gives you like oils <laughs> to see if that helps. Uh, and those are less fun. We wasted a whole bunch of money to do a lot of useless things um okay so that's a long segment paul anything funny or goofy about your mom any hijinks any uh funny beliefs no my mom is a very sweet very old school traditional lady she doesn't drive uh on on the interstate a lot of her female siblings don't drive at all um she's a great cook wait so does she how does she feel about fast and furious 3 tokyo drift uh she's never seen it uh she gets kind of like stressed out if she she sees like actiony movies like that so she doesn't really Mm. watch them she likes more like uh, period pieces. She likes more of like um, Call Me By Your Name? Yeah, she would actually like that movie. I never showed it to her, but that is definitely like the tone and uh, pace of a movie she would enjoy. My mom likes, uh, for both reading and for movies, she likes thrillers. She's a big Dan Brown head. Mm-hmm. She loves a good uh, like international conspiracy thriller type thing uh last question i had was uh any any notable interactions you've ever seen your mom had with other parents or anything no my mom was generally like differential to like other adults no no interesting uh no interesting interactions i kind of know what you're getting at i feel like it would have happened if it had to come down to it but it just never in my childhood i was a pretty good kid so there was nothing that really brought her in contact with another parent that she had we were in lexington so good kid mad city she never had to pull up bitches weave out or anything (laughs) <laughs> your mom was down to scrap if she needed to um did, did that ever happen for you did your mom ever have to like buck up and tell like another parent to... no i don't think so it was a lot more of like a I like ran into like i had to talk to this parent or whatever and they're telling me about how they do this with their child and i was like that's so stupid right that's <laughs> what a stupid bitch <laughs> uh i think i got more of that than anything else paul last question before we get to the theme uh what's your mom's best dish Oh, that's hard. My mom cooks a lot of things really well, better than your mom. So it's it's just kind of hard to pick what she does much better than your mom, because all her that dishes, was the question. Because her yeah. worst dishes are better than your mom's best dishes. So it's 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 like kind of like a hard uh, a hard thing to to say or pick. I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> Long standing debate between me and Adrian, whose mom is a better cook. Sound off in the audience. Anyone who's had both of our moms cooking, which is maybe one person, maybe Adam. <laughs> maybe Adam. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if Hunter's a listener. Yeah, but Hunter doesn't like any food that's not like buttered noodles. Hunter almost puked from having to eat a runny egg at my house once. Yeah. And I assume at your house he was like, where's the where's the chunky red salsa for these tacos? Why are these tacos so soft? <laughs> Did you get them wet? <laughs> <laughs> Trap these tortillas in the river? <laughs> So no no answer too too hard to answer. Yeah, I think it's too hard to answer. I mean, I have personal favorites. Well, I'm not asking you to rank it for everybody. I'm asking you to rank it for yourself. There's like I mean like there's classics right like there's wara anib and mahshim al fuf which is uh wara anib is uh it's kind of similar to Greek dolmas except we make ours mm. more tightly wrapped cooked on like uh boy like uh made in a pot uh, on top of like a bed of uh meat and so it gets meat steam. Yeah, it gets meat steamed basically, and it's uh, less lemony flavor and more like uh, meaty, meaty flavor. Ooh, I like the lemony flavor though. 
And they're and they're served and eaten hot, and you eat them with yogurt instead of with uh so lebing instead Lebne. of uh lebne is like the uh, hard version of lebing, where the water is removed. But uh, so that's good. And mashim alfuf is is kind of the same idea, but it's like cabbage wrapped around rice and steamed, and that one is made with a very zesty lemony flavor, and it's mm. delicious. Yeah, I think you're right, Paul. I think your mom can uh, cook appetizers better than my mom can. Uh, I the, guess that's where the those aren't was, appetizers. That's actually, I guess uh, your mom can cook most... appetizers from Applebee's better than I can. That's I guess. one of the most <laughs> offensive things you've ever said. <laughs> I guess your mom can cook Outback shareables better than my mom can. <laughs> How about what are your mom's favorite? What are your favorite dishes that your mom makes? Uh, her black beans, her refried black beans. Um, you don't get a lot of refried black beans anywhere because it's mostly Mexican restaurants in the southeast uh in 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 the south where we grew up so already they're using the wrong bean and then also refried beans from like restaurants kind of suck uh so that's my favorite um and uh yeah there's a whole list of shit tamales carnitas um her guacamole is really famous but you know what i just got the recipe so i could make it for emily when she was supposed to record her episode and i don't see why it's like so phenomenal for other people it's a very simple recipe like there's maybe one ingredient that most people don't use but that's about it that's the um, thing with uh, that's the thing with moms though. It tastes different when they make it. I know with my mom, it's like she's given me the recipes for things. Like I've made her tabbouleh, I've made her hummus, I've made uh, I've even tried to make her just French fries. Like, and her French fry recipe is so simple. It's like literally what you would think. It's like cut it, up, cut them up, put them in some water, and then after you get the starch off, boil them. And it's just like it doesn't taste the same, man. Like I don't know what it is. Wait, she doesn't do like a triple fry method? She's not doing that no, like Michelin star? No, and they taste way better than any other french fries I've ever had. It's... Well, there's a technique thing, right? You're talking about how she's constantly making yogurt all day, every day. I think she's going to be better at it than you are, just technique-wise. That's true. It's just wild. It's, yeah. That is, yeah. You can't, yeah, you yeah. can't, I don't know if you can just like get your mom's guacamole recipe. That's the issue, yeah. There's also stuff that's hard to recreate. Like, one of my favorite things is, uh, it's like a very much a Sunday breakfast dish, which is like, you bought store-bought um, pound cubano or pan frances, which is like a very doughy, pillowy, like soft bread. That black beans, eggs, and some like cojita cheese or like uh, queso fresco, and it's like fucking amazing. Uh, and really, the only thing I can't get because like it's scrambled eggs. I'm, you know, I'm, I think I can almost actually make scrambled eggs better than my mom at this point. Um, but certainly, missing those black beans is that like base layer, super important. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and then also, uh, weirdly enough, I'm zero percent into sweets, but there's a like pineapple upside down cake that my mom makes with strawberries that I've always loved. Uh, there was a birthday before I was diabetic where I asked for a whole one to myself to just like eat over the week. <laughs> and if anybody <laughs> else tried to touch it in the fridge, Adrian would run in and be like, "No, no." No, that was true. Getting home from work, my dad would try to have a slice, <laughs> and I'd have to be like, "Hey, get your grubby little mitts off this shit, bro." <laughs> Such a punk ass kid. <laughs> All right, Paul, you ready to get into this article? Yeah, let's jump into it. I like yours better, so we can start with yours. All right, y'all, you know them, you love them. It's Slate's care and feeding article. It's Slate. They always have the best. They have the craziest. They have the wildest advice columns. We're just gonna hop right into it. Dear care and feeding, my husband and I have a four month old boy. I'm Korean-American, so our son would call my mother Helmoni, the Korean word for grandmother. However, my mother-in-law keeps referring to herself as Mima, and has seemingly decided that this is what our son will call her. I'm reluctant to use that term for her since it looks like it's commonly used in other cultures that are not her own. 
From my understanding, my husband's family has distant German roots three or four generations back, so at the very least, Oma would make way more sense. I think she picked Mima because it sounds more interesting than Grandma, but I'm concerned that it's more interesting because it's co-opting another culture. We are very far from when our son would even speak his first word, but I want to sort this out now. Do I just go along with Mima as his grandmother's name? Signed, Reluctant in Reno. I love how they went for the really classic signature. <laughs> um, Paul, thoughts off top? This lady is fucking insane. <laughs> Paul, let me ask you this. If the roles were reversed, and it was a white grandma asking to be called Halmoni. What, what's that? Wait, no, no. This is, this is a white grandma, because I assume the husband is white. No, no, no. I'm just saying. It's, you know, reverse it with a person of color and a white person. <laughs> Let's do every racist favorite argument. This is where this one is confusing because I don't know if she mistakenly thinks Mima is just a black person word and doesn't realize that it's us. Or, or is she worried that they're appropriating Southern culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that she thinks Southern culture is sacred or something? As far as I'm concerned. As two Southern gentlemen, me and Adrian. Two Southern gentlemen. Two Southern gentlemen, me and Adrian are hereby giving you permission to use Mima. But but that's that's immaterial, right? Like, do you really want your kid to call your grandma Mima? It's so fucking you're gonna make your grand yeah, you're gonna make your Don't grandson get me wrong, like a hick. Mima is stupid and shitty. If that's what she wants to be called. It <laughs> bringing it into race is weird. Yeah, I don't know why like yeah, it seems like they're pretty removed from their heritage. So, I mean, I think Oma and Opa are cute names, but, like, I don't know. They probably didn't grow up calling their grandparents that. Or maybe it is since they're, like, four generations removed, but... Yeah, but, I mean, the thing is, it's, like... I mean, it's an aesthetic argument versus her... Of her argument was, I think it kind of sounds stupid. That versus, like, it's not right for me to do this? Yeah, like, obviously it kind of sounds stupid. I mean, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a southern thing to say, so it, it's objectively kind of stupid, but... So we're doing an episode on mothers, and the, I came across this because I was looking for articles on mothers-in-law, because so many people have issues with their mother-in-law, right? It's a contentious person in people's lives. So I was looking for one of those, and this is maybe the only one I could find where the mother-in-law did mother it. Mother-in-law's on the right side. Yeah, the mother-in-law didn't sound like an insane person. She sounded like just a person, <laughs> and the daughter sounded way too controlling and odd. Yeah, there's also, you're missing the whole interesting part of what the husband thinks, which is usually gets brought in at least, like, in an ancillary sense. Yeah, my husband, my husband thinks he, well, why would she sound Southern? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm Could not... you imagine if that's how she sounded and she was <laughs> mad about Mima? <laughs> but yeah, usually there would be a part where it's like, my husband agrees with me, but he's too much of a pussy to tell his mom to I fuck off. I was just about to say, that's the one, that's the trope that I know is like, yeah, my, my husband's too much of a little bitch when it comes to his mom to, like, stand up to her. <laughs> If my mom, for like a naming event, which um, just a little heads up for any anybody who wants to do a podcast like this, if you look up like foreign parent advice column, the main thing you'll get is the controversial Dear Abby article about how she told Indian parents not to name their kid an ethnic name. Mm. Um, and so if I was ever in that scenario my, where my mom was like, Adrian, you need to name your child a Guatemalan name like Adrian that really shows his heritage, I would have no problem telling my mom, hey. I'm going to name him after my favorite anime character. So your grandkid's name is Setsuna FCA, and you're just going to have to deal with that. <laughs> Setsuna FCA. <laughs> I had a rabbit named that. <laughs> not it's, it's just the cascading of it. It's like not only is the mother-in-law trope so prevalent, but then also the my husband's being a huge ass puss is mm -hmm. also such a huge trope in it too, which is why I was hoping to see something from what the husband thought. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is a ridiculous column. 
yeah. as Slate is often known for bringing us. Uh, but if we, you know, often I say answer the question that's asked, not the question you think they're asking. So we, I, I will back up and say, I think the question okay. she's asking is how should I handle this situation? Uh, which I would say the situation doesn't need to be handled. Leave her alone. Your mother-in-law is, uh, she can be called whatever she wants. And Southern culture is not, it's not some beautiful antique culture that needs to be protected from, from Korean imperialist grandmas. It's not some at-risk, uh, dying <laughs> culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Northern imperialist grandmas are not stealing Southern culture. But, uh, let's say... You know, she just hates the sound of Mima. Mima is unacceptable. It's too far. How can we get? How can we get this grandma to stop calling herself Mima? Easy. I would answer it the same way that I'd answer any other like cultural question like this. You need to get the grandma to discover her roots and get really into German nationalism. I guess one of the funnier parts of the answer is when she, yeah, she suggests that she should go by Oma because of her German roots, and it's like. How offended would you be if you were an Americanized, completely Americanized Korean woman or your mom was and somebody and she just wanted to be called grandma and somebody was like, why don't you just call yourself Helmody? Like, what an odd thing to say to somebody like, why don't you just act how you're supposed to and go by Oma? Like, who, you don't know if she cares about her German roots. I mean, a lot of white Americans don't give a shit about their European nation, like their European roots. What a weird thing to put on somebody else. Like, why don't you just act the right way? Mima is it's it's just a word. I think you're giving it too much importance in in Southern culture. I still think you might be wrong, and I think she might think it's a black thing. She might. Mm. I think I think this lady thinks it's a black thing, and that's why she's being so careful about it. She's just incorrectly like in the same way a lot of people consider y'all a black thing and not a southern yeah, thing. I yeah, think yeah. uh people kind of mix up the two who are from like the West Coast. But yeah, I think almost for sure in my mind that's what's going on, but I don't know. Yeah, that that, that line about like Mima sounds more interesting than grandma, but I'm concerned it's more interesting because it's co-opting another culture. That does make it sound like it's something more than just southern culture. Nothing's more interesting because you make it southern. How else could she get her to stop saying Mima? T- take a video of her shouting Karen, Karen, this Karen wants to be called Mima <laughs> and post it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, the other option is through the son, right? Like, just teach your son not to call your grandma Mima. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think takes a really pathological amount of effort. If, like, you have photos of your grandma out during the middle of the week before she- he sees her on the weekends being like, Oma, Oma, Oma. <laughs> you don't get fed until you call this Oma. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I'm ready to just, like, make fun of the answer. Dear Reluctant in Reno. I'm curious, from what culture do you believe your mother-in-law has appropriated the word Mima? The sobriquet is used pretty commonly in the South, and though its roots may point back elsewhere, it may be a derivative of Mamere, the French Cajun term for grandmother. I don't know that it belongs to any group of people in the way that Helmoni or even Big Mama would. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it belongs to anybody in the same way Medea Heller would. <laughs> I respect and understand your sensitivity towards others' cultures, but I don't think you have to worry about your MIL offending anyone as Mima, even if she's not actually from the bottom of the map. Furthermore, it seems safe to assume that your husband doesn't identify as German, culturally at least, and probably doesn't have the same sort of connection to his lineage beyond the U.S. in the way that your family does. Oma might feel awfully unfamiliar to his mother compared with a word that she's likely heard her entire life. 
Is your opposition to Mima simply based on the fear that it might be cultural co-opting? Or do you perhaps also dislike how it sounds and maybe want your kids to call their grandmother something that doesn't make your skin crawl? Yeah, that's almost certainly <laughs> the more reasonable reason to not like Mima. You know what? I changed my opinion. Uh, I'm going to change it to where if I'm ever a grandparent, I want my grandkids to call me moist ointment. If it's <laughs> if it's the latter, you have every right to feel that way. It would be best to allow your MIL to have the good old country nickname her heart desires. The word your child calls his grandmother isn't even about culture, and Mima very well may feel culturally specific to her. It also represents how she wants to be seen by him. She's made her choice, and I think the right thing to do would be to honor it. Perhaps your son will one day cite having a Halmoni and a Mima while reflecting on the richness of his own background. Signed, Jamila. Yeah, think about the opening sentence to his memoir. You gotta think about that. <laughs> yeah, that is an odd sort of like, understand how cool it's gonna sound when he's telling people about how rich he was culturally. Think about his college essays. <laughs> As somebody who has a culturally interesting background, I can tell you it's not all it's uh, cracked up to be Jamila. I'm not sure that's an argument for uh, <laughs> for anything. Um, no, that basically hit on everything we hit on. So I was hoping it was going to be a, a less competent answer, but no, that pretty much hit everything. I think the thing she gave more credence to is the idea that like we said it would be acceptable to just dislike the word. But I think she hit on the idea that maybe she does dislike the word and she's coming up with a... Uh, a secondary oh. uh, woke reason to say that, oh, it's not that I dislike it, it's that it's problematic as kind of like a, right, right, right. a self-justification for just kind of having like a natural aversion to a word that kind of sucks. I think that's true, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a good point. Cool. Cool. I agree. Moist ointment, will you tell us another story about back in the COVID <laughs> days? Awesome. Moist ointment. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. It was crazy back then. You could only see your friends outside. That was about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure by the time that I have grandchildren, which again, I'm not going to have, it would be like, you know how in this uh, desolate wasteland that we call Earth now, <laughs> uh, how there's no actual structures or places that are enclosed except in the government capital? It was kind of like that, except we weren't allowed to meet up in those areas. We could only <laughs> do it here in the, in the Southern Sphere. <laughs> Uh, in the 11th district <laughs> okay okay yeah it was uh you know how nowadays you have to run in an endless hamster wheel to generate electricity for the <laughs> overlords it was kind of like that but only one person per wheel <laughs> that was all i had um yeah i'm ready for your yeah. call cool i had two and i was gonna pick mine based on how the vibe of the episode was going and i think i know which one i'm gonna pick oh okay we have vibes what is our vibe today vibe check <laughs> okay we're gonna do a vibe check that is the other thing we do. We check our privileges at the door. Uh, we clock in. <laughs> we do a vibe check. Uh, so I was going to do an article, if we didn't get ethnic enough in ours, about uh, convincing your parents that making money isn't everything as an immigrant child. Okay. But I'm switching to a better one, which is mother's affair with exchange student shocks child. Oh, I'm so glad we're doing this one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Ask Amy. This one also seems like it's going to be ethnic in nature, though. There's definitely going to be some racism on the mother's side, right? Oh, I'm so excited. What a good title. <laughs> Believe me, baby. It gets crazy. Uh, so this is Ask Amy, Advice for the Real World, November 14th, 2018. Dear Amy, when I was 16, our family had a foreign exchange student come live with us on a summer exchange program. He was also 16. He wanted to stay beyond his visa, so my parents arranged, so my parents arranged to take legal guardianship of him. 
It was very stressful having him move into our family. My mom and I constantly fought about his presence in our home. Six months following the guardianship, my dad moved out and my parents got divorced. Eventually, my siblings and I grew up and all left home, except the boy who lived at home with our mother until he was 24. My siblings and I all moved on from this stressful, fracturing time in our family. Oh, wait, the daughter isn't the one who had an affair? Is it the mom? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I totally, oh my god. The now adult guy recently contacted me over Facebook to apologize for quote-unquote ruining my family, disclosing that he was my mother's <gasps> boyfriend during his time with our family. In shock, I called my mother and she insisted that this relationship was consensual and that the relationship occurred only after the guardianship had ended, i.e. when he had turned 18 years old. I don't understand why he found it necessary to tell me about their relationship. I felt shocked, hurt, and betrayed, oscillating between considering that my mom is a child predator, grooming and taking guardianship of him, to realizing that she must have had very strong feelings for him to choose him over me and our family. My mom and I used to talk once a week. I haven't spoken to her in six months. Do you have any advice for me for how to move forward? Okay, I've said before that I'm not for cutting your parents out of your life, but this is a perfect example of a time where yes. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Cut nah, her nah. out of your I life. I haven't seen the movie <laughs> Bad is... Moms starring Mila Kunis yet, but I hope this is one of the subplots. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, also, Paul, I apologize that there's no racial, there's no race play in this one. I'm sorry. It did not specify where he was from. We couldn't, we can't get into uh, whether or not it was because he was a sexually aggressive Greek boy or whether or not it was because he was a docile Frenchman. <laughs> no, he was almost certainly like, he was like a Fabio style, like South American kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, dude, that's buck wild. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. You should definitely cut your mom out of your life. Never introduce her to your kids if you have them. Um, she definitely was sleeping with him before he turned 18. Why would you believe that lie? Yeah. That obvious lie. And if she wasn't, it doesn't really matter. It's still like, right, they got divorced when he was 16 and a half. And he feels like he split up your parents. So it has something to do with your mom already being attracted to him. Something was going on. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I feel really bad for that that girl that her mom did that. What One of the crazy things about this is the fact that she kind of like, she didn't just have sex with this kid, which would have been evil. She clearly fell in love with this kid and tore apart her family and chose a 16-year-old boy over her husband and already established family and stayed with him till he was like, how old? Like till he was 24. She led a 10-year-long relationship with a child. Like, she did it. This wasn't just a fling. This was, like, a romance. She wasn't just seduced or, like, just uh, being, uh, didn't just rape the kid once. She definitely fell in love with the kid in a really creepy way. And you have to imagine if the kids don't know what's going on, I feel like... God, I don't want to get like on a men's right anti-women kick with, like, the particulars of this story. But you have to imagine whenever this first went down... If nothing came out, the suspicion was probably that the dad did something, right? Dad moved out, the parents got divorced, mm. the mom kept custody of the children. Yeah, I think if your wife sleeps with a 16-year-old, we should whatever this family's name is, like a, like we should have one of those laws mm. that's just named after that dad. We should have like a Jonathan's law that's like if your wife sleeps with a 16-year-old, you get the house. That's just how divorce proceedings go after that. All right, anything else? No. I mean, think 
this one is one where like i don't like what is there to say it's fucking wild <laughs> that's uh yeah cut her out of your life um uh advice for the daughter let's give her advice um you know hit the gym eat your veggies um don't take your mom's calls uh, work hard get that promotion um delete your facebook stay stay close with your dad uh now you know he went through something crazy too so give him support and if you have Wait, any siblings can we break that down really quick did he know that it was the child who was in their house and how did he why would he not do anything about that if he knew that that was the exit scenario it must have been like a general like i'm cheating on you right i think no i think he might have known this that's kind of like what are you gonna do call the cops on your wife and her child bride or her child uh and her child groom because didn't the person on facebook tell her like didn't he say sorry i broke up your parents so it's pretty clear that dad knew what was going on yeah, but I'm sure he didn't hit the dad over Facebook to be like, I'm sorry, I broke you and your wife up. No, no, I'm saying like, so the dad, if, if the kid felt like he broke up the parents, then the dad at the time must have known. Yeah, that just says I broke up your parents. Your dad didn't know. Oh, really? Okay. Now you know. Yeah. I would have thought that's why the dad left because he found out that she was having a relationship with the child. I think what my advice was trying to get at is ignore, like there's nothing, there's, there's no social advice for how to deal with the mother because you shouldn't deal with the mother so just go on to lead a good life and uh get some therapy to deal with this my advice is uh yeah definitely get therapy for this uh my advice for this person is post this on reddit you're gonna get better advice than from ask amy amy yeah and post it on reddit for the karma they love this sort of shit Ooh, yeah dude if anything use all that reddit gold for whatever you buy with reddit gold <laughs> Or be super trashy on Facebook. I mean, this is your opportunity if you want to get back at your mom. If you want to be like, uh, if you want to really like burn the earth behind you, salt salt their fields and burn the earth behind you, start posting this drama on Facebook, like on your mom's wall, on this kid's wall. Wait, no, if you want to do that, blackmail your mom. I mean, I, I feel like this is a cold case. You think the cop, like she can blackmail her with this info, like get the cops? No, I think that's the that's the that's the beauty of it is that legally it's over, but you can still socially bankrupt her. Uh, okay. By posting this story. Is that how blackmail works, which is if you can't legally like charge somebody <laughs> for something, then you can blackmail them all you want. All right, I think I'm ready for the answer. I feel like Amy's answer is going to be pretty similar to mine. Hopefully, you know what would be wild if Amy was like, "You got to forgive your mother. That's that's your mama right there." <laughs> you still got to call her every week. Come on, what are you doing? Six months without a call. Amy is kind of like Tony Soprano. That is true. <laughs> you got to call your mother. Uh, okay. Dear Still in Shock. Of course your mother's feelings for this boy were strong. Having strong feelings does not justify her behavior. Because she was his guardian with all legal, with all legal parental control over him until he turned 18, what your mother did was creepy, wrong, and possibly illegal. And regardless of the legality, her actions also seem to have directly led to the breakup of your family. Your mother's former lover may have contacted you because he is having his hashtag me too moment. Perhaps he is trying to take responsibility for the impact of his own behavior, while also grappling with the impact of your mother's behavior on his own life. Do you think a foreign student who was basically in a powerless situation, legally and physically, was able to fully consent, even if he was 18 when the actual relationship started? Or does this man believe that he manipulated and used your mother? It's a possibility. Don't let your mother's normalizing or denial negate your own natural reaction. Yes, communicate with her. Be honest about your conflicted feelings. But your biggest job is to find a way to accept the truth and cope with it. A therapist could help. 
Oh, she said communicate with her. She really went against the Paul advice of this is kind of like an unforgivable thing to do. Yeah, well, I guess uh, dear Amy's not willing to give up on family like Paul is. <laughs> okay. I think I think your threshold for giving up on family is too easy. I think you do it too, too quickly uh, in the way you've described it. And I think Amy's is apparently way too stringent. Uh, when you find out your mom's a pedophile, oh, you know, Paul's that's a, the Paul's a, Paul's a giving up centrist? Is that what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cutting your family out of your life centrist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means you're right. Um, okay, so how do you feel about that answer, and why was it so weirdly geared towards maybe he was the one who was in the wrong, <laughs> or feels that way? <laughs> that is so weird. It really feels like he wasn't the one in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much more to say. I kind of disagree with Amy a little bit. I think she was, uh, to me, this seems like way bigger deal than the kind of like light hand she used with the answer. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Like she mentions the legality of it a couple times, but doesn't really give any advice on that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, my advice wouldn't be to try to get your mom arrested, but... No, no, no. But <laughs> I, guess, I guess, I don't know. But the other thing is that she doesn't mention anything about the greater family unit. Like she just mentions like you should talk to your mom more and not like, I don't know, what to do about this information and how it could maybe bring the rest of your family together. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. I feel like also be there for your dad because now you know he went through something pretty crazy. All right, Paul, I have a third segment for us. A little third seggy, if you want to do that. Third seggy on the reggy. All right. What we've done is Paul and I behind the scenes have settled on 16 of the most famous moms in literature, TV, and film history. And so what we're going to do is we're going to we have them in a bracket and we're going to have them go head to head in a single elim elimination tournament. This is our mother's madness, may mayhem marsupial bracket because marsupials are very attentive mothers. Are they? That's that's a fun fact for the audience. They have the pouch, baby. Oh, that is true. All right, cool. So we're going to have a quick little discussion about each of these, see if we can come to a consensus. And if we can't, we're going to flip a coin, uh, a real coin. And we're going to let the minerals and metals of Gaia, Mother Earth's uh, metals and magnetic field guide our decision. Ah, so we're using Mother Earth to pick the answer if me and you can't, can't settle on a winner. Paul, are you ready for round one? I am ready for round one. Bambi's mom <laughs> versus Jocasta, also known as Oedipus's mom. Oh, man. Which, given the, given the, I guess it's slightly different, it's considerably worse, but given the column that we just did. Yeah, I'm gonna say these are two pretty weak picks to start off with. Um, I'm gonna say Bambi's mom's gotta go, early in the first round. Really? I already feel the opposite. Jocasta's a horrible mother. Bambi's mom at least... Wait, whoa, whoa, she was, it was unknowingly for her, though. Also for Oedipus. Um, yeah. It was unknowing for both of them. Okay, I guess she wasn't horrible, but there was no implication she was a good mother. Bambi was super torn up about his mom dying. Uh, I'm, I'm going with we keep Bambi, so I think it's going to have to be a coin flip. All right, first coin flip. First round, first coin flip. Do either of us have a coin? <laughs> I thought you just would. <laughs> One second. Heads. All right, Bambi's mom moves through. 
Okay, so this is our next round. It is one Mrs. Molly Weasley um, from Harry Potter. It's Ron's mom. Mm -hmm. And then Lucille Bluth slash Mallory Archer from Archer and Arrested Development, both played by Jessica Walters. Yeah, R.I.P. Jessica Walters, I think. R.I.P. Yeah, she. I mean, a lot of people have talked about it. She was like a once-in-a-lifetime talent. She was awesome. All her yeah. roles stood out. And I think uh, this one's obvious, right? There's really no competition. Are you going, like, sincere, like, authentic, like, who you would want to be your mom? What's what's the criteria we're choosing here? Iconicness? Who would you want to be your mom? I think iconicness was what I was thinking in my mind, like... Okay, because if that's what it is, then I see the clear answer. But if it's who would you want to be your mom, and then it's... Iconicness and... And the person who owns motherhood and mother energy. Should we not do it chop style? Like taste, presentation, creativity? <laughs> I mean, do you want, I, I think that might take a lot of time to come up with three different categories for each one that we already started. <laughs> I, just want, I just want a slightly more clear idea of like, so we're going for like who really exudes. I think a mix of both iconicness and a mix of like who you imagined as a mother more. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and be honest here. Uh, Paul and I made this list together because we tried to kind of make sure that we each knew each contestant a little bit. But for me, I hardly know what Molly Weasley is supposed to be like in the book. She's supposed to be a very warm, like homely, not homely. That means ugly home taker, (laughs) home, home tender energy. Um, Yeah, no, I think for me, it's Lucille Bluth, Mallory all the way. Yeah, Lucille Bluth, because J.K. Rowling's the way she wrote Molly was like, it did read really well, but it also read incredibly one-dimensional, whereas, like, Lucille and Mallory are both actually, like, weirdly caring mothers in their own fucked-up mm-hmm. way, but also she read as actually being a human, and uh-huh. she was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to Lucille and Mallory. If I was a rich kid, I would want a mom like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If life was that easy, I'd want a mom who really tears me down and gives me the problems that other people get. Also, all of J.K. Rowling's characters are kind of stand-ins for her own opinion, so there's no way that Molly isn't also transphobic. All right, next round, Paul. Delia Ketchum versus Linda Belcher. Now, we can go ahead and start off by saying, in terms of, one of the criteria we're doing is which one's more of a MILF, right? Because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely in there. <laughs> as Adam has pointed out and said that he can't watch Bob's Burgers because of... Linda kind of looks like an earthworm, as do most of the uh, characters on Bob's Burgers. Whereas Delia is... I, I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 kawaii anime style. You Call know? me Mr. Mime, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Linda Belcher, her, her last name is like a burp, you know? You know what I'm saying, Paul? She's not exactly the most attractive person, but I think she is very endearing in her personality. Yeah, I, I do like Linda's personality, especially the first couple of seasons. I find her, like, pretty charming. But something I will say for Delia, and this one I don't have a strong an opinion on. so I Delia, let's not make her Chris Delia. Delia. <laughs> for Delia, I will say that a lot of characters who are single mothers, they get uh, pigeonholed into a certain personality set and into only being uh, one-dimensional as their single motherhood, like, owns their who they are in their right. experience. And I will say Delia doesn't fall for that trope. She's she's her own woman outside of being a single mom to Ash. Yeah, she was like, you're 10, get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a life to live. 
But also when he comes back, she's like nice, but not doting, not weird. She also doesn't ever like have this weird dramatic like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm a single mother like storyline. Like she owns it. She's she's powerful. She's strong. I mean, I do. I, I respect a lot of her qualities. That's true. That's true. Uh, let me ask you a question, Paul. Linda Belcher, sh I feel like should move on, but there's a possibility that she could win it. And what are the optics of us letting a mom who is voiced by a male identifying person win this whole thing? Really? Who voices her? I didn't know that. Played by John Roberts. Why would I take issue with that? The character is a woman. I, I, the character I, is a woman. Like, I'm sure there's women in the writer's room writing her lines. I don't know. Do you take issue with that? I just felt like it could come off with the optics of like Ron Swanson winning Woman of the Year for that magazine to uh to get their like press sales up. Oh, that is stupid. Yeah, yeah. Next round, we're going into live action only for this one. We have Vivian Banks, and we can do the first or second Vivian Banks, whichever one you want, and Claire Dunphy. And this is uh, Vivian Banks, uh, the mother in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and then Claire Dunphy, the maternal figure in, well, one of the maternal figures in Modern Family. Uh, So my logic for this one would go... Um... Vivian Banks I really respect because I actually think it's really like charming and endearing how her character trait is that she always sticks up for Will mm -hmm. when Uncle Phil is like upset with him. Yeah. Whereas Claire is kind of just like the naggy like I'm I'm the foil to my goofy husband. Whereas you really get the sense from like Vivian that she's probably the more playful and fun one of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So because of that I think I gotta go Vivian. I, I find her more caring and tender as well as like probably more fun and goofy whereas like claire just plays a straight person to her husband's like goofy hijinks like the one who has to correct him and uh chastise yeah him. and i'll go ahead and say i'm not like caught up on all 26 seasons of modern family so i don't know how she changes mm -hmm. over the years i've watched all of fresh prince of bel-air but yeah i think claire's main character trait is like competence in foil to her husband and uh i think that's not nearly as fun or dynamic as vivian who is very much like her own person Yep, I agree. Next round, we're halfway through. Um, we've got Chris Jenner and Skylar White. <laughs> um, two people that uh, Reddit dudes hate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think I will. I'll pick Chris Jenner just because. Yeah, like they seem like they're at least like they're at least like a, a schemer. Like they're the the what is it like? Oh, you don't watch Game of Thrones, but I was gonna say the Queen of Thorns. Of course, that's what I was gonna say. I was going to say that she was the king of queens. <laughs> All right, let's get through this first round. Uh, a couple more to go. We have Danny Daenerys Targaryen versus Marge Simpson. Woo, battle of the new and old. Now, Adrian, I know you had uh, something you wanted to say about Danny when I explained to her why, to you why she was considered a mother. Oh, right. She's the mother of all dragons. So this is another one where I knew if we did a whole bracket of just biological mothers that we were going to get in trouble. So I'm glad that we have someone who's a uh, who has scale babies. Um, I'm very glad that <laughs> oh, that's that, her thing. Is that the dragon version of fur baby? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, right? <laughs> There's no furry dragons. Um, so I'm glad that we're getting some representation here. But I mean, come on, she's this was unfortunate, you know, I think Danny could have gone far in this bracket, but she just happened to go up first round against the goat. How me? Yeah, we talked it's, about this. It's, it's Marge all the way. <laughs> it's Marge all the way, dude. That's an easy one. We'll talk more about Marge as she goes through the bracket. Next one is Godzilla 1998 in parentheses. 
Um, so if y'all haven't seen that movie, Godzilla lays eggs. So Godzilla confirmed mama. Big mama is <laughs> big mama is I assume what Godzilla <laughs> likes to be called in a very uh, unwoke sort of way. Um Godzilla, I'm just concerned. Why aren't you choosing a Japanese uh, name for yourself as a mother? <laughs> uh, okay, and then versus Kitty Foreman from this that '70s show, mm. who's just kind of a no. She's a wine mom. She's drunk. It's her character. That's true. I guess that's all. And she's true. always upset. And she actually definitely has depression before they knew about depression. Like she would like be in bed for like three episodes or something. <laughs> Um, that being said, Godzilla, oof, girl boss, girl boss, girl boss, right? Yeah, right. Like, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I, I like Kitty. I'm just a fan of that 70s show. I'm a fan of her like wine mom energy. I, I, I respect how much she has to put up with. I think her like her arc of having depression was kind of like, I don't know. I just thought she, she I mean, she wasn't like a super three dimensional character. That 70s yeah. show wasn't that deep, but I thought she was cool. I thought she had a lot going on. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what I know from that show. I watched it in high school. Um, she had to put up with Topher Grace as being her kid, which, like, ugh. Ugh. And then she had to put up with that weird blonde kid hanging out in her apartment after Topher Grace's character left for some reason. But, I mean, God, how many, how many, how many children does Godzilla birth? Do you know that from the movie? I think they might destroy all of her eggs, so I don't know if they, oh, she might. That's super sad. I don't know how for reptilians it works. Are you a mom when you lay eggs, or are you a mom once they hatch? It depends on if you're a Republican or a Democrat. <laughs> Reptilian. <laughs> I believe that life starts at egg. Okay, we can do Godzilla. I'm not. I'm no, not. A I think honestly, not... I think it'd be better for the game for Kitty to go through. Okay. I wasn't totally convinced, but I think you really, you really sold me on her. All right, and then the last two for the first round: Estelle Costanza, George's mom mm-hmm. from Seinfeld, and Mary of Nazareth. This is Mary of Jesus Jesus birth giving fame. So I think I think it pretty clearly goes to Estelle Costanza. Yeah. We can discuss her more as it as we move through the bracket. Yeah. All right. We're into round two. I don't know if you guys uh if your predictions lined up with ours, and if they didn't, hit us up in those comments. Leave a five star review with your uh with your explanations. But we're into round two. Uh and this one starting off with Bambi versus Lucille Bluth slash Mallory Archer um bambi's mom really only got through on the grit of their teeth last time on the coin flip i think this one clearly goes to uh lucille i agree i agree linda belcher versus vivian banks this might be our first uh this might be another coin flip here and not just because both of them are kind of eh um i think vivian i was gonna go for linda i I think uh okay I think you can convince me. I'm not I'm not saying this one's a coin flip. I think you can convince me. I think it might be a recency bias, but I feel like from what I remember, Linda has a more active role in the family life and you just see a lot more of her. Now, how do you feel about the idea that we need to have some black representation in the upper? Uh, oh, you know what? That's so bracket. crazy is I was thinking of like representation for non-biological mothers. I was thinking of like representation for <laughs> magical mothers. I was thinking of like representation... <laughs> Other shit, but at no point was I like, are people of color? Do they have children? That's not a thing, right? <laughs> um, I w- I wouldn't let Vivian go through just based on that, but I could be convinced that she should go through for other reasons because I do think she's a, a a a charm a charming character. You know, I like both these mothers. I think they're both ca- good characters. Uh, I like I like uh, you know, the thing about Bob's Burgers is that Bob actually has like a really good relationship with his yeah. kids too, and I really like Bob's relationship with each one of the kids. But Linda's is also really great too. I love her uh 
like the scene where she walks in on who's the who's the fat gene the like fat kid gene yeah, yeah. and she's like oh my god it's little bob that episode oh i love that one like yeah bob. it's so good <laughs> I think maybe just on the strengths of her reaction to, like, Little Bob or Tiny Bob, whatever she calls him, uh, that episode and how seriously she takes him being Bob, I might have just convinced myself that it needs to be her. Next one, Chris Jenner versus Marge. Paul, do you want to do another Marge impression? I can't do it. Any any discussion on this one? I mean, Marge, right? Uh, what's the point? Yeah, we, gotta, we gotta move Marge through. Eventually, we'll talk about Marge once she meets a worthy opponent. <laughs> Apparently, she's quickly becoming, like, the uh, the final boss of this shit, which we did not plan <laughs> on, but... I mean, she was created to kind of mock the archetypal mother, right. and I think that's why she's gonna do so well in this bracket, is she's so designed to be, like, archetypal motherhood. <laughs> Alright, and then last, um, what is this, quarterfinal round? Yeah. Kitty versus Estelle. Estelle, all the way. Okay, so, oh, mate, okay, so this is big then. So it seems like what should be the final, which is Estelle versus Marge, is going to happen in the semifinal. And then for the first semifinal, we have Lucille Bluth slash Mallory Archer versus Linda Belcher. There's something about, I really want the nice mom to go through, but I could be convinced that it should be the mom that maybe has characteristics that represent some of the more problem, not problematic, some of the more pernicious aspects of uh the influence that mothers can have on their children no yeah I, I i just really like her it's not about like i think she's just a likable character despite being a mean character in both shows and i think that's pretty cool uh i, I like the like just day drinking kind of biting commentary like old school critiquing your children's weight i don't know it's just it, it's a type of motherhood we all know we've seen people with like I, it makes me laugh it's fun it's a good time. It's a um, good time. I think I gotta, I gotta go with her over. Uh, who was she up against? Linda Belcher. Um, Linda Belcher. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. She, she, I think on pure like Lucille Bluth on pure like just being iconic is gonna is gonna beat out somebody like Linda who's on a cartoon that came out started coming out in two thousand eleven and really was like only good for the first half of its run. Mm. I'm thinking very deeply about whether or not I agree with you or not. It doesn't help that Walters has Lucille Bluth and Mallory Archer, which are you going to take any points off for them being extremely similar characters? No, if anything, that shows how powerful the the archetype is. Hmm. I'm tempted to do Linda because I think I can do a better impression of her in the finals than I can <laughs> Mallory. We can, we can let Linda go through. I don't know. Hold on. I'm also not super intensely convinced on this one. I I mean, that's what happens when you get further in. Maybe it's a maybe it's a coin flip. Maybe the gods have to decide. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I will let. I think. I think Lucille. I think you're right, Lucille. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. She's made it up to the finals. Um, and she will be going against either Marge Simpson. Or Estelle Costanza, who we have not talked about either of these yet. So let's hash this out. This one should be an actual conversation, right? Okay. Marge, incredibly archetypal, incredibly sacrificing, incredibly competent, yeah. incredibly tireless. Well, competent is depending on the season. In some of the earlier seasons, she was definitely a little bit of like a... She was like the type of stay-at-home mom that was worried that Pokemon cards were turning your kids into Satan worshippers in the early seasons. Is that incompetent, though? Not incompetent, but definitely naive and a sure. little bit uh, too innocent by half. And maybe uh, 
maybe leading a more drab existence and a more empty existence than she was willing to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't all it wasn't all sunflowers and sunshine for uh, for Marge. Yeah, she wasn't meant seasons. to be. Yeah, and they really do flesh it out later. Of like Marge was like this incredibly promising young woman who like was hampered down yeah. by her getting married and having children. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's gotten through so far pretty easily because she's I don't know she's just a mom. She is. She very much is a mom. Like her character is defined by her motherhood. She's a pretty classic, like American stay-at-home mom. Uh, it's all there. I mean, even her bad traits are exactly the bad traits you would expect from like a from an American mom. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit too scared by the news. A little bit too uh, too quick to jump to weird conclusions. Uh, she forces her family like to go to church that they don't want to go to. Like it's all like. Uh, Okay, so that so now let's talk about Estelle. It, once again, maybe a little bit more of a like a problematic mom in that like she she definitely gave a lo- George a lot of his anxieties and neuroses <laughs> that are fo- that have uh, followed him through his life. Uh, she's definitely like a bit of a screamer and a yeller mm-hmm. and isn't doesn't show a lot of affection. Same thing with her to, husband uh, too. George's yeah. character, <laughs> um, Serenity or now to her husband. Uh, <laughs> They're so willing to fight and yell and just be like generally intense, but she she's she's definitely a mom. <laughs> she's she's her character is like very uh yeah, she is another type of mom that we can all recognize and see. True. She also like denies a lot about her like children's actual reality, like the fact that she almost has a heart attack from seeing uh George masturbate in the mm-hmm. King Master of Your Own Domain episode. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How constantly disappointed she is for him for not like living the right type of life when she definitely just has an insane idea of what uh what he should be doing with his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole like why aren't you a doctor type thing mm-hmm. or uh or just like why I don't know. It's always like she I mean she's obviously critiques George a lot. That's the thing though. It's it's uh, both of those. It's like trying to push your children forward while also taking them two steps back of like, "Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you find a nice woman to like date. What does she see in you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that's a good way to put it. I think she there's uh there's a lot going on with her character and you can definitely tell she's in it many of the writers moms combined and that's the thing is that it's interesting because marge is clearly cartoonish and an embellishment and so is estelle but there's something about estelle that just feels a little bit more real that feels like a little bit less of like a countrywide amalgamation and more of like a 10 writers in a room amalgamation i don't know okay let's uh let's say our answer three two one it oh i need i need a second to think hold on three two one Marge. Did you wait for me to say the opposite? No, he said it at the same time. Uh, okay. Run it back. Run uh, it back. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a delay on our interaction. We are across the country. Okay, I'll flip the coin. All right. I'm getting yours real time. Marge's head the stills tails. Tails. All right. And then we have our finale. Lucille Bluth slash Mallory Archer versus Estelle. I think in this final round, we should talk a little bit more about Mallory Archer and that character. Is there anything like distinguishing the two characters? Anything that shows a little bit of variation in her range as a mother type character? Clearly her her son, well, her son and Archer is clearly doing stuff that's actually more dangerous than anything that they're doing in Arrested Development. 
Yeah. So like her worry, her worry is more valid than like Job going to buy a banana or whatever. True, but she's not worried in either one, right? And either in both of them, she sends them out on super dangerous. Like in 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 Archer, she sends them out on super dangerous missions and doesn't seem to be too cared about his safety until he actually gets harmed. Whereas in Arrested Development, yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. worried about their safety, but they're also not really in danger of being harmed, except for Buster. Mm-hmm. But that's, I guess, the main difference, right? In, in Arrested Development, she has multiple children, and even as mm-hmm. children, she wasn't very doting over them. Whereas Mallory only had one child, and she was a bit of a doting mother, right, right, right. who always uh, kept her by her side, kept him by her side. But I guess Archer is more how if Buster was an only child. It's how Archer was treated by Mallory. Well, we haven't brought up at all that I really uh, think is interesting here is, what are your thoughts on having an alcoholic mom? I think it's fun. It seems it a little sounds, fun. It seems like a good it time. It seems kind of fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they seem like they're just making jokes. They seem like they're always pouring a glass of wine to establish their character. I mean. Uh, you know, show don't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My I, mom, I like it. My mom's always been uh, more of a drinker than my dad. And like, you know, she gets funnier and more quippy whenever she's drunk. I don't think I've ever told you this before, but uh, have I told you about how Dorley used to cry whenever she saw my mom drink as a kid? Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, you haven't told me about that. This is really funny. Yeah. So like my mom would like order a beer at a restaurant and my sister would start crying because I guess she assumed that meant that our mom was an alcoholic or something. (laughs) Um, So that was always like a really funny thing in our family, (laughs) which who told who told your sister that like that alcohol was so evil? Did she have like a church friend or something? I don't know. It could have been that. It could have been anything. Dorley was like very anti like a lot of things until she finally tried it in like after high school. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was the thing where like my mom would like we'd be at a restaurant and she just want to like order a, like a beer or a margarita while we were like having food. And <laughs> my sister would in public start crying because <laughs> my mom ordered alcohol. That is such a funny quality to it's just such a funny quality to cry when your mother orders a drink. <laughs> having a having a mom that's like constantly drinking kind of seems kind of interesting and fun probably a horrible situation to really live through but also estelle also seems like a nightmare to live through if we're going back to the main criteria being who would you want to actually be your mom i would want to go back and pick linda or marge and i think we've made a huge mistake uh but if these are the two (laughs) options i wasn't really thinking about that the whole time i was thinking which one's okay so wait let's let's break this let's break this down into milf uh who would you want to be your mom and who exudes motherhood milf definitely milf status goes to mallory are you kidding me this that's unquestioning (laughs) yeah i think i agree with that so that's a point on that corner i think she takes a couple of very young strapping lovers throughout the series as well so the next thing you asked is who you'd want to be your mother i'm gonna say mallory again over estelle they both seem like like they're gonna knock your ego down and constantly belittle you but mallory's version seems just a little bit less like screamy you're right it's just literally just quieter i kind of agree with that i think um (laughs) yeah it's a tough one i don't know i think i I wouldn't really want either of them to be my mom but maybe estelle because she seems like she at least like cooks some like you know some matzo ball soup every now and then or something okay well we'll give it to estelle you're right she does seem more like a cook than mallory which is a big part we talked about that before like could you imagine if your mom's famous recipe for that you remember from childhood is a martini (laughs) Is the olive she let you eat from her martinis? Okay, so we we did milf. We did uh, which one we'd want to be our mom. What are what are some other things? Uh, iconicness. They're both iconic. Yeah, I think it's there's a bit of an age gap here, right? So I, I think Seinfeld's still big with like the kids now, but like I think clearly any like 
person you walked up to the street on, there would be an age-based which one they think is more iconic. Do you have an opinion? Um, which one means more to you? Which one, which one takes up a bigger stake in your mind? You know what? Just for the sake of longevity as well as presence, I think it's Lucille Bluth. Because I started watching Arrested Development when it first came out, and I was like in third grade or whatever. I think it came out a little bit before then, but my brother had the DVDs and we watched it when I was pretty young. And, you know, it still went on until we were like in college. So, like, Lucille's been a much more iconic, long lived figure than the couple of times that I, you know, rewatched Seinfeld all the way through. Okay, so which one do you think is a more three dimensional, fully fleshed character, a real human? No, Estelle's almost stereotypical, right? She's almost, uh, in, in some sense, underdeveloped in that way, under, a little underbaked. Okay, yeah, but I also feel the same about, like, I guess Mallory, well, because they're both in comedies, neither of them really, like, have super shining. They never have real, like, heart-to-heart type stuff, but I feel like because yeah. Estelle and Mallory are in the series more than Estelle is, you get more of those moments of, like, oh, I only do this because I'm this, you know, worried about you or whatever. Whereas Estelle really is just, like, she's just there to provide comedy every, you know, one or two episodes a season. Like, she's really just not there enough to really be fully, fully fleshed out. Fair enough. I, I also just feel like Arrested Development and Archer get so absurd that sometimes you, her character has to change to meet the requirements of the plot for any certain episode, which is why I almost felt like I wouldn't have considered her super fleshed out or three-dimensional but you're right she does get more characterization in general but it's not it's never is super deep i'll admit again it's that she's much more of a main character in her series than estelle is okay so right now we're three for mallory one for estelle um (sighs) all right i think that's it dude all right and it looks like the grand winner is lucille bluth slash mallory archer Rest in peace, Jessica Walters. I was going to say, it might seem to the audience like we rigged this to be her. We genuinely did not. Like, this is, I think, how it would have happened. It came out if we'd done this two months ago. Also, I kept calling her Jessica Walters instead of Jessica Walter. But I I think she's so, she has such a multiplicity to herself that I just wanted to really pluralize her. So shout out Jessica Walter. Yeah, RIP Jessica. If you have a different opinion, let us know what you think. If you're mad that we left out whatever like 1950s ass sitcom TV land bullshit that you like, uh, you probably don't listen to this podcast. But if for some reason you do, <laughs> send us send us an email or drop a comment. All right. Big facts, Adrian. Yeah. Big fact. No cap. Let's get out of here, bro. Big fact. Motherhood can look like a lot of different things. Is the sun not really the mother to the earth? Is a dog that's a friend with a tiger in a TV show called Animal Friendships on Netflix not kind of like the mother to that tiger? Is the uh, computer not kind of like the mother to the USB stick you put into it and then pull out of it? Motherhood comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and they're all valid. So just enjoy being a mother to whoever is your own child today. Cool. And uh, my no capybara, uh, I love my mom. She's a wonderful woman. And I love her more than Paul loves his mom. All right, Paul. I'll see you later. No, no, no. (laughs) Paul just disintegrated into a little puddle. (laughs) That's not fair. Bye, buddy. Last word, baby. See ya. I said, hey, ma, don't go stretching your wallet. These.
gotta pay me for taking a year from college. Go and get your nails polished. Stylist for your eyelids. And a pilot for your mileage. For them frequent flights to your islands. Miss Brown and Miss Pollock. Little boy then grown up. Little voice then blown up. Middle class that bone us. Hey, my, hey, mama Jen. God just gave me another chance. Rock just gave me another line. Probably gave me another fan. 7730. Since Kanye was a 3 0. Down the street from D Rhodes. Was practicing his free throws. Shout out to that gold shrimp. Shout out to King Giro. Shout out that Miss Moody, Auntie Tony, that my hero.